All right, guys, we are in uh, Romans chapter 3 still. We are in lesson 7. We're going to look at verses 21 through 31 today. Now, if you remember, we've spent the last four sessions talking about why all of humanity is condemned. So does everybody understand? All of humanity, nobody's that good. Nobody nobody is that good at all. Everybody that is breathing is going to hell. Did you understand what I'm saying? Because of our sin. Period. We're not seeking after God. We're not doing good. So really, nobody has a leg to stand on. Nobody could say, oh, I'm better than somebody else. Or, oh, look at me. I'm going to make it. No, no. No, that's not the way it is. Okay? So you say, wow, George. Well, how does somebody then get a right standing with God? I mean, if, if there's no way possible that we can do it on our own, how does somebody find salvation? How does somebody, how does somebody get that acceptance with God? How, how's that possible? Well, Paul's going to go on to the next phase in our understanding of salvation, and he's going to talk about justification. How is it that you are justified before God? Now, the problem is, it's like a lot of us think we're justified because our good deeds outnumber our bad deeds. First of all, how do you know that? How do you, are you keeping track? Because the reality is, is you, you and I sin sometimes out of ignorance. Do you, know what, do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you do wrong out of ignorance, and you're not even aware that you're doing wrong. Okay? Maybe you're saying, well, you know, I keep, keep like I, we mentioned this last week, I keep the Ten Commandments. Great. What are they? We don't, we don't know. Have you got them memorized? You know? Uh, you know, how about this one? I keep the golden rule. Really? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Is there nobody that you've done wrong to? Do you know what I'm saying? So none of that stuff can justify us. So what does? Well, the answer is, he's already told us in chapter 1, faith. Faith. Now, that's more than just belief. We're going to see that illustrated today. That it's more than just belief. So let's, let's look together. The first thing we're going to see is the whole issue of the righteousness of God in verses 21 through 26. Let's, let's look at this together. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God set forth as the propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. Because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. All right, so let's let's talk about the whole issue of the righteousness of God here. What are we going to see here? First thing, he's going to talk about in verses 21 and 22 that God's righteousness is revealed. So Paul tells his readers 
that the righteousness of God has been revealed apart from the law. Alright? Apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed. So you want to, you want to know how great and awesome God is? You don't have to look at the law. The law is the standard of holiness, right? But that, the law doesn't necessarily reveal to you the righteousness of God. You say, what's the law, George? Well, primarily the Old Testament, first five books of the Old Testament. Okay? Which is known as the Pentateuch. So Paul tells his readers that the righteousness of God has been revealed apart from the law. The fact that it is apart from the law has been pointed to by the law and the prophets. So the reality of the fact that if you want to understand the righteousness of God, it's not keeping the law. He says it's the law and the prophets themselves that tell you and I that righteousness doesn't come from the law. I want you to understand that. Here, write this down somewhere. Keeping the rules doesn't make you righteous. Okay? Does does everybody understand that? I mean, I could say keeping the law. Well, what does that mean, George? Keeping the rules doesn't make you righteous. Now, you think about that for a moment, because how many of you have grown up in church? You grew up in church. How many, how many of you remember when church was like really hung up on things? Like you couldn't read the Sunday comics, or you couldn't go to a certain restaurant, or you couldn't go to the movie house, you know, or you couldn't do this, or you couldn't do that. And you could, how many remember those kind of things, okay? All right. And you tried that. And you did that. And, and when you didn't do that, you felt like a what? Failure. Okay? Now here's the problem. None of that stuff gains you righteousness. Now you act, look like you're acting righteous as far as church terms of righteousness is. But as far as righteousness before God, you can't gain, you're not gaining anything by keeping those rules. That's the point here. It's not keeping the law. Okay? Here's what else he says. The righteousness of God is revealed to us through faith In Jesus Christ. Now, how is it that you're righteous then? If it's not by keeping the rules or not by keeping the law, how is it that you are righteous? How is it that you are accepted by God? It's faith in Jesus Christ. Now, let me just stop for a moment. It's faith in Jesus Christ, not just belief in Jesus Christ. Why do you say that, George? Well, let's think about it. When Jesus was alive, do you think the Pharisees believed that Jesus was there? That he was a person? That he existed? Yeah, because they were talking to him. But that didn't equate into faith in their life as far as who he was. Do you understand what I'm saying? You meet a lot of people today that say they believe in Jesus Christ, right? There's still people who say that. They believe in Jesus Christ. Now, what that means for their life is different. Do you understand the issue is whether they have faith in who he is? We're going to talk about that whole issue of faith. Faith is more than just simple belief. You may want to write that down. Faith is more than just simple belief. It goes beyond that. So, in fact, think about what Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says. For the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. 
The whole issue of our righteousness, our justification, comes from our faith in who, folks? Who's our faith in? Is it in you? Can't be. Because you can't keep those rules perfectly, right? Do you know what I'm saying? You can't keep the rules perfectly. Because here's the problem. Even if you could consciously keep all the rules, do you think that maybe you would break the rules ignorantly? Really? Do you think you can do that? I mean, I just told you the illustration. Uh, you know, we just had this experience recently where, you know, you, there's a law now in PA that if you see an emergency vehicle, a cop on the side of the road with the with the lights on, you have to get over into the other, completely over into the other lane, slow down. You can't straddle the line. How many of you straddled the line doing that? Okay, all right. Can't straddle the line. Well, somebody straddled the line in our household, and $175 later, $175 later, we found out that that's against the law. you got to be all the way over slowing down. Now, here, here, do you think it worked with the cop to say, oh, we didn't know that? You do now. Did you see what I'm saying? Do, I mean, even if you could consciously keep every rule, you can't. You can't unconsciously. You, you would do it ignorantly. That, that's the whole point. There's no way justification, righteousness, only comes through faith. Now, here's the availability of that. Who's it available to? Yeah, here, everybody. So let's see what he says here. The righteousness of God. Through faith has been revealed to all who believe. It's to all who believe. It's been revealed to all who believe. Paul tells his readers that there is no difference or distinction in who can believe. Alright, just so we understand that. He had to tell them that because in their mind, remember they're primarily Jewish who he's writing to, and Jews thought that the only ones who were going to heaven were who? Jews. So he wants to make sure that they understand that there's no distinction in who can believe. Who can believe and who can't believe. You, you understand? So there's no distinction in who salvation is available to. No difference in who can believe. This is due to the fact that everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Why is it available to everybody? Because we all need it. Why is it available to everybody? Because all are messed up. Do you understand? This is why we had to go through three chapters to get us down to a level where we understand we ain't that good. We are not that good. We have got our problems. We got our stuff. We got our issues. We mess up. And, and it's to strip us of our pride. That's the biggest hindrance to your spiritual life right now is your pride. Do you realize that? The biggest hindrance to your spiritual life is your own pride, what you think about yourself. And it's all been stripped away, so therefore, this salvation is available to everyone. Why? Because we all fall short. What does that mean, George? Fall short. Fall short of God's standard. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did you ever have a coach or a leader or a team leader or something and he had this standard that you had to try to reach and you just could never reach it? 
And it's like no matter what you try to do, and sometimes he would even change it. Okay? How'd that make you feel? Oh, it made me feel wonderful, George. No, no, it didn't make you feel wonderful. You were like miserable, right? This is the, when we talk about falling, we're falling short of God's unchanging standard. Now his standard doesn't change. It's based on him. And so everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. Now those who believed are justified freely through his grace, through redemption. Those who believe, those who have faith, you are now justified freely. Well, what is that concept there? Justified freely. Well, first of all, you are accepted. You are now no longer seen as sinful. And he, he, he does that freely. Nobody's bending God's arm, if you could do that, to accept you. You ever had to accept someone, like your mama told you, when you went over uh, to visit relatives and you hate that one cousin? You know what I'm saying? Because they're always taking your toy and uh, they're always picking on you or whatever. And, and your mama said to you before you went, now you play nice and you include them or else. Do you remember that? You know, that, that happened. You were, you were forced to accept them by compulsion, right? Now, when you got older, you just didn't hang out with them anymore. Okay? And you still don't when you go to the reunions. Because you remember. You know, you know what I'm saying? We need to grow up, don't we? <laughs> okay? But, but the reality is, is God, when He accepts you, when He justifies you by faith, He does it freely. He does it freely. And it's through what? Grace. What's grace? Getting what you don't deserve. Seriously though, folks, do we deserve any of it? Because I mean, we mess up. We don't deserve God's love. We don't deserve His acceptance. We don't deserve to have our sins wiped away. And He did it freely for you. That's what's awesome. How's that possible? Through the redemption. What is that? How were we redeemed? Anybody? How, how did he redeem us? Yeah, that's right, Bruce. Jesus paid for our sins through his death on the cross. See, this is how it all takes place. It isn't you. It isn't you. You can't do it. And if somebody says they can, you need to keep just keep an eye on them because they're messed up. And they're going to be in for a rude awakening. Because that's not possible. So let's look at it. The next point is, this redemption is available in Christ Jesus. That's who it's available through. No other means. It's not how many times you show up at church, how many times you carry your Bible, how many times you do holy talk during the week at work. Okay, It's not any of that. It's not how many times you had your devotions this week. Not how how many times you went over 15 minutes in prayer, you know. It's not how many times you had to put up with the idiot at work. None of that has anything to do with it, okay. It has to do with this redemption is available through Jesus Christ. Why? Because God presented Jesus as the propitiation or wrath satisfier for our sins. Now what does that mean, George? Propitiation. Well, it's a big Bible word. It's a theological term. 
It means atoning sacrifice. The actual word of it means atoning sacrifice. Jesus is our propitiation or our atoning sacrifice because what happens? When he is the atoning sacrifice, he satisfies the wrath of God concerning your sin. Do you realize your sin brings about the wrath of God? Do you ever get angry when your kids do wrong? Hopefully you do. Okay. You get angry? Okay. That's called wrath. That's just being flat out on. That's wrath. Now, God gets angry when we sin. Now, his is a perfect anger because you're, you might, our anger isn't perfect. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because we got our emotions hung up in there and your whole day hung up in there. And God help your kids, okay? Because, especially if you're not doing right that day, all right? Because your wrath may pour out, okay? Emotionally, all right? God's wrath is not like that. It's a judicial wrath. You and I deserve to die for our sins. But Jesus Christ became our substitute. He became the sacrificial lamb, the atoning sacrifice, to satisfy God's wrath towards you. Do you understand? We have redemption. We have a standing before God because He took care of our sin for us. He wiped out your debt. Do you understand what I'm saying? He cleaned the slate because you couldn't do it yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying? He cleaned the slate because you couldn't do it yourself. Isn't that awesome? Okay? I mean, that's really awesome when you think about that. That your slate, your your mess-ups have been taken care of. Now, don't get arrogant about that. Like, you know, I see those... I see those bumper stickers. I, you know, every one time I see a cheesy Christian bumper sticker, I wish I had a razor to just scrape it off their bumper. Like, this is one that I hate. Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. Have you seen that one? Yeah, we're not perfect. And yeah, we are forgiven. But there's no sense being arrogant about it. Because we got what we didn't deserve, and that was grace. Did you understand what I'm saying? We got what we didn't deserve, and that was grace. Don't be having... Because it's not about you, folks. Don't take pride even in your salvation, because it's all about God's mercy on us. Because we don't deserve it. Do you understand? We don't deserve His mercy. Because Jesus was the propitiation. He had to die for your stuff. Have you thought about that lately? He had to die for your stuff. You know? Let's go on. First John 2 John 2.2 says this, And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the whole world. Now here's what happens next. It is only through faith in the blood or sacrifice of Jesus Christ that atonement can be made. Now how can your sins be taken care of? How can your sins be forgiven, folks? How can your how can your slate be wiped clean? Yeah, you believe. You have faith in what he did for you. Now, let's stop. This is the difference between faith and belief. Anybody can say Jesus is the son of God. Jesus 
paid the price for my sin. Anybody can believe that. That's all up here. Faith goes beyond up here. Faith goes to here. Because, all right, think for a moment. When you royally mess up, when you royally sin, okay, and you think about that and the, and, and the, and the conscious that you have about that, the consciousness about that and, and the agony of your soul as you consider it. And as you think about the guilt, just simply believing you're forgiven, does that take care of it? Does that help you? No, 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 I mean, you could tell, I, I meet people all the time that are so racked over what they've done. They know that Jesus forgives them up here, but they haven't grasped it yet that they've been forgiven. Do you understand? That's where faith comes in. The question is, is do you truly have faith that he paid it all for you, that you're forgiven now? That's the issue. It's not whether or not you believe it. It's whether or not you truly have faith. You know what? I messed up. I'm a, I'm a failure. I am a wretch. I'm a scumbag. But it's only because of you, Jesus, that I'm forgiven. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's faith. That's, you know, here's the thing. When you stand before God and the books are open and everything is exposed, you're not going to sit there and say, well, you know, Lord, hey. There is this one thing. No, no, you're going to be like, Lord, the only thing I got is that I trusted in Jesus. He paid it for me. Do you know what I mean? Is that not awesome? And is that not so personal? What do you mean, George? When we talk about carrying the shame of our guilt, that's not a community thing. Oh, it may affect the community. It may affect others around us because of our demeanor. But when it comes to carrying your stuff, who's the only one who carries it? Yeah, you did. You carry it. But Jesus takes it from you if you trust in him. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? If you have faith in him. That's why when we talk about this issue of salvation, it is personal. It gets down to the personal level. Faith gets down to a personal level because it talks about you. And it talks about me and the stuff that I've done and whether I believe and have faith that he took care of it for me. Did you understand what I'm saying? That I trust in him to have taken care of it for me and so I have a standing now because of Jesus. Did you understand what I'm saying? I have a standing now because of Jesus Christ. This is what Paul's talking about. Did you understand? It gets down to a personal level. It's only through faith in the cross, through his blood and his sacrifice, that I, that I even know that I'm forgiven, that atonement has been made for me. That, that's reality. Presenting Jesus as the atonement for sin was the demonstration of God's righteousness. You want to know how God's righteousness is revealed? This is how awesome God is. 
This is how supreme and holy God is. This is how loving God is. This is all part of God's righteousness. God's righteousness is revealed in that he would send his own son Jesus to die for you. Period. That, that's awesome. For me. That's God's righteousness. That he would be the atonement for the sin that I've committed. That's the reality. That's reality. In fact, here's what I want you to see. God's forbearance is shown as sins committed before Christ were unpunished. You know what? God is so perfect and, and, and God is so awesome in His holiness. There's nothing wrong with Him that the reality is, is that when we sin against Him, we rightly deserve to be killed immediately. Did you understand what I'm saying? We, we deserve to be judged immediately. Aren't you glad He doesn't do that? Aren't you glad? Okay. The reason why He doesn't do that it's called forbearance. It's called toleration. He tolerates that. Why? He tolerated it before Christ so that Christ could come and make atonement for sin. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? He tolerated it. Why do you think he tolerates it now? Because he could say, okay, Jesus has paid it all. rest of you, your history. Why do you think he's being forbearant now? Yep, that's right, Bruce. And he's what? Merciful and he's willing that what? None should perish. Okay, do you, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? The whole reason that he's not dropping the hammer now, busting the skies, coming back, is the issue of forbearance. Because he's merciful. And he's willing that none should perish. And so he's, he's tolerating it so that others can come to what? That same faith that you have. Isn't that awesome? Do, do, do you understand? So everybody, as long as they live until Jesus comes, they have the opportunity to what? To accept. Now, do you understand why it's so important for you and I to share? Because do we, do we walk around? I mean, I think there was a movie a few weeks, a few years ago that I guess it had Justin Timberlake in it. I saw a review on this where, uh, you know, on their arms they listed how long, how many days they had left. You know, piece of fiction, of course. Because the reality is, is we don't know that, do we? You don't know that. That's why it's so important for us to share. Folks, we are not just here. Let's just talk about us as a church. We're not just here to have a holy huddle, have ice cream together. We're here to help make sure that other people hear about Jesus. That's why we're here. For this reason, God's forbearance. Did you understand what I'm saying? God's forbearance. So, here's the thing. Look with me now, verse 27 to 31. This is the last section. Look at what he says there. Where is the boasting then? Is it excluded? By what law? Of works? No. By the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. 
Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we established the law. Okay, what's he talking about here, George? Well, he's going to talk about the whole issue of faith alone. Paul, again, remember, up to this point, he's always anticipating questions from his readers. Okay? And so, Paul anticipates the question concerning the boasting of the Jews and their position. You know, the Jews would say, hey, we're saved because we are Abraham's what? Children. So he's anticipating that. What about the boasting? What about the boasting? He responds that all boasting is excluded in salvation. All boasting is excluded. In fact, isn't that what he says in Ephesians? I mean, you, you know Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. It says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should what? Boast. What's he saying here? All but when it comes to salvation, nobody can say anything. Did you understand what I'm saying? Nobody can boast. Nobody can talk about how good they are. Because did you have anything to do with your salvation? No. Not one iota. Not one nanosecond. Not not one effort on your part could have anything to do with your salvation. None. Period. Okay? So he responds that boasting is excluded in salvation. He anticipates the question now concerning if one is justified by the law or principle of works. So now they said, well, isn't it possible to be justified by keeping the rules, by doing all the right stuff? Because the Jew would say, well, remember, a lot of the Jews, remember the rich young ruler when he came to Jesus? What must I do to gain eternal life? And Jesus said, well, what did the commandments say? Well, I've kept them all. Go sell everything you have and follow me. And he went away, what? Sorrowful. Why? Because he had a problem. His problem was covetousness. Materialism. He wasn't keeping the law, was he? So he's anticipating that question. If, if one could be justified, Paul responds that one is justified by the law or principle of faith. That's how you're justified. It's by the law of faith. It's your faith in what Jesus did for you, not what you've done right. Now think about that for a moment. I've been a Christian now 30 years. I'm going to talk about my experience. You, you, you see if you resonate with me, okay? been a Christian now 30 years. And in my church life, and even in my pastoring, my ministering, okay? So I've been, I've been ordained. This year will be 22 years. We judge people by the stuff they do, don't we? We elevate people as far as how good a Christian they are by the what? Stuff they do and the stuff they don't do. Do you understand what I'm saying? Primarily, it's you're elevated if you don't do certain stuff. Okay? 
Now, if you do certain stuff, then you're diminished in church. Is that not true? Is that, is that, am I the only one who's noticed that? Have you seen that in church? Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? So like years ago, I mean, I could think back to, to the early, the 70s and the 80s, probably was in the 50s and the 60s as well, that if you got divorced, you might as well be a leper. And we got a special section in the church on the back pew for you. Because you can't do anything else anymore, but you can still tithe. Okay? You can still give. Isn't that true? We'll still take your money, we just can't use you anymore. And I could talk, we could go on and on talking about the stupidity that we exhibited in church, right? Practically, we, we weren't advocating this. Practically, with the way that we ran church, we were advocating that you were justified by what you didn't do. Do you understand what I'm saying or what you did? Is that not true? Is that not what we have been miscommunicating as a church? You know, for the longest time I used to say, man, I come to Jesus by nothing else but by faith, but man, i got to do a whole lot to keep it. You can't even keep it. Why do you think he is eternally securing you? Because can you keep it? No. But man, we sure do communicate that in church, don't we? Why do you think people finally say, I've had enough. I can't. There's no way I can keep it. I'm gone. Adios. That's why we've got a lot of de-churched in the community now. See, justification... You are justified not by your works. You are justified by your what, folks? Faith. 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 Now, here's the thing. You get older, you get wiser. And supposedly the people who weren't doing all the right stuff, that they were doing okay with the external stuff, but on the on the inside, they were doing stuff on the inside. They just weren't telling anybody. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that true? Here's the thing. Paul concludes that a man is justified by faith apart from any deeds or actions of the law. You know what? You could be a perfect church guy, wonderful. Perfect church gal, great. But that's not going to justify you in any way. Because who justifies you? Jesus. Okay? Jesus. Let's go on now. Paul asked if God is only exclusive to the Jews. So the question is, isn't he just the God of the Jews? He anticipates that question. And the reality is, is Paul responds that God is also the God of the Gentiles. Aren't you glad for that, folks, if you're here today? Because, again, I think most of us are just pure Gentiles, aren't we? German, Polish, Slavic. Mixture. Some of you got Cherokee. Everybody thinks they got Cherokee in them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the, the reality is, is we're, we're Gentiles. So here's the thing. There's only one God who will justify both the Jew and the Gentile because of faith. That's reality here. It's because of faith. So then now he's anticipating another question now. Paul anticipates the question as whether or not the law has been nullified. So if it's all by faith, Paul... Do we even need the law? Do we need the law, Paul? 
That's a pretty good question, don't you think? Here's how he responds. Paul responds that the law is established by faith. What? The law is established by faith. What do you mean by that, George? Here, because here's what the law does. The law doesn't bring salvation. The law exposes your what? Need for salvation. Do you understand what I'm saying? The law exposes that you are a sinner in need of what? Grace. So it doesn't do away with the law. It establishes the law. Because the law reveals that all have what? Sin and fallen short of the glory of God. 